Hello world, this is Roger Corvale and this is For the Hope. Here we read through the Bible conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. There's an old quip among marketers that is relevant not just to business, and it's this. People don't buy drills, they buy holes. And this has a lot to do with the state of conversation, yeah, today, right here and now, online and off. So for today's reflection, can I just encourage you with an idea that might help you and me both together grow in the direction of Jesus? Hey, Hopeful, welcome to For the Hope's Sunday Reflection, where we pause from our Monday through Saturday, reading through the Bible in a year, to consider life and work and words in a little different way. Let's start with a debate that is safe because it's foreign to most people in most churches. Living among us are those whose world is parsing words like philosophers and theologians. And in a time not long ago, one of the trends in the world of ideas was debating the idea of atheism. Is atheism a lack of belief in God? meaning the absence of something? Or is it a positive affirmation of something, right? A truth claim that one should need to defend. Generally speaking, the one making a truth claim in philosophy or theology is the one on the hook for the burden of proof, meaning one side says, prove there is no God, and the other side going, prove that there is. And they get bogged down in defining God and facts and the definition of proof versus reasonable inference from the evidence and on and on and oh my. Now hang with me and I trust this will come home as an example. Remember our adage, people don't buy drills, they buy holes. What is it that is really the argument? Well, with atheism, what's really at stake is if there isn't or is or isn't a God then we've got to deal with other things like how did the universe come to be? But my point here isn't even to make that point so much as to point out that sometimes words are a distraction relative to what you really want to get at. Here's a couple other examples. What's the word evangelical mean? Actual research, meaning like real research, shows that most people, including even Christians sitting next to you on Sunday morning, don't know which is how it has gotten co-opted to mean something political. I'm going to come back to that. What about the words conservative or liberal? Same thing. They mean something different, actually, when talking about politics versus theology. Or to put it a different way, what is meant in theology is not the same thing as in politics. So it's kind of messy. So what do we do about that? Well, of course, a good question to ask is, well, what did Jesus do or other characters? But let's just focus on Jesus for a moment. Sometimes he answered questions and sometimes he refused to. Sometimes he spoke in parables and yeah, other times he didn't. Sometimes he answered a question with a question and sometimes he just gave a direct answer. So it's obvious there is no simple formula which makes a lot of sense. It's not typically useful to reduce people or communications to simple formulas anyway. Remember our idea here is people don't buy drills, they buy holes. 
they think they want drills and to a degree they do and that's what they talk about but what they really want is an outcome a whole <laughs> and the point is one of getting to the heart or the goal or the desire behind the words think about what jesus did as recorded in uh, mark matthew and luke and you might remember uh, this being called the story of the rich young ruler luke 18 um I'm sorry, Luke, yeah, Luke 18, verses 18 and 19 say, A ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asked him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Now, if you're looking at the main point of that little passage or story and you were going to preach it, you'll remember that the wealthy young guy went away sad because his heart level issue was his love of his money. But today I'm focusing on how Jesus challenged him and what he meant by the word good, just for the sake of our reflection today, right? So again, it was a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus asked him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. See, the ruler's definition of good was keeping the rules. Jesus then went on to rattle off some of the Ten Commandments and the guy's going, yep, been there, done that. Good. I'm good. All that. I'm, I got it all. But along the way, the young guy missed that if no one is good except God, then it would have been weird to call Jesus good unless he was, in fact, God. Right? Jesus was pointing out that, <laughs> that uh, uh, we are sinners need of a Savior. And that this guy had this heart level issue where he loved his money more than whatever the answer to the, his real question or problem was. So if there are no formulas here, and we know that what people often don't really know is the meaning of the words that they use, at least in a scriptural sense, what do we do? We've got to get to the ideas and the heart behind their question or their word. They're talking about drills, but you want to discern holes. So here's an example. Let me give you an, uh, an example by asking you four questions. Like the rich young ruler asking, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Do you believe that spiritual lives need to be transformed through an experience of trusting and following Jesus as Lord and Savior? And do you believe that that this is because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as making it possible um, for the redemption of humanity? Do you think we should have a high regard for or even obey the Bible as God's word and authority? And when the Bible says Jesus followers, wherever they find themselves, including right here and now, should also take action to be missionaries and advocates for social good, do you agree? Now, that was four questions, even though I kind of embellished with a few words. And you can go back, hit rewind, <laughs> and listen to them again. But here's the, th the point. If you affirmed those questions, you just fit one of those words that the world doesn't understand. Those questions are the general characteristics of historically what it has meant to be evangelical. Remember, the word evangelical comes from the Greek meaning good news. It's not good advice, 
like it's just a superior philosophy or methodology. Right? The question on the table is how are lives ultimately saved and transformed? What must I do to be saved? Well, it's when they respond to the free gift offered by what Jesus did on the cross and then being transformed from the inside out in a way that's not possible without the Holy Spirit. That is, in fact, good news. But that's not a social program and it's not a keeping the rules thing. Is it true? I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Is it true that people who affirm those four questions tend to vote one way versus another? Yes. Is it true that people who affirm those four questions tend toward one political party versus another? Actually, yes. And can you see how this gets messy? That's one of many potential examples. And and my point today isn't even per se about what it is, what evangelical means. I'm just using that as an example. And to keep today's reflection from being an hour, I'll just stop there. Except to make this point, and you got it. People buy drills, but they want holes. There is a motivation and a heart behind it. So if you are in conversation with someone, and they use a word, like evangelical or atheist or conservative or liberal or critical race theory or even the word Christian, they mean something by it. And we should, in my opinion, figure out what they mean instead of assuming they mean what we do. In other words, we get to the holes instead of the drills. Relative to the example I gave, some people in the church have actually stopped using the word evangelical for just this reason. And there's even a debate about it. Some argue that we shouldn't because nobody knows what it means, and some argue that we should because we should stick to the truth. And I would argue that we need to pick and choose because the point isn't the words. The point is the ideas behind the words. When you're not exactly speaking the same language, are you with me? We're very frequently talking using English or whatever you use, but we're not talking about the same thing. And the goal, after all, my friends, is clear communication to move people one notch closer to Jesus. I love you. Amen. Amen.